When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am your host, Joe Quazala. I do a lot of research for this show, and I know everything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For that, I will not apologize. With me, as always, diametric opposite of all those things I just said, perhaps, Kristen Stuttered. Hi. Yes, I don't uh, do much research if I can help it. I am the voice of the people, but you know what? Not diametrically opposite because I also will not apologize. Damn. <laughs> this whole time. Yep. Uh, and very excited to have uh, our guest with us here today, LA-based singer-songwriter, Jametta Rose. Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Jametta, thanks for joining us uh, and being a part of this weird show i'm prepared Truly. to call it a weird show i'm dipping my toe in i'm trying to figure out the temperature of the water oh, what's that yes i i yeah. have been you on so many occasions yeah in many ways you reflect the way Kristen feels about this whole thing oh. yes uh so this is about the rock and roll hall of fame now i want to take the temperature of you in terms of what do you know about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if anything, or do you ever think about it? Does it ever even come across your path? I, I know about it. I know that it's a place that you can receive accolades from if you have made great contributions to music in all genres now, mm -hmm. not just rock yeah. or rock and roll. Not whatever. what you might think of as traditional yeah. rock bands right it's, the term rock and roll is more inclusive yeah it, it, in terms and of how they describe it so my question is i guess what i don't so that's what i know about it mm -hmm. and um i don't know about how you go about being submitted or if you're selected only you know mm -hmm. or if you can submit yourself for consideration <laughs> that would you know be what amazing. i'm saying i would love that yeah it's if you could self-submit and be like what well, not me like yeah. what about Martin? No, I'm just yeah. playing. No, yeah, it's like how you can send your CD to a radio station. Right. It was an honest question, though. Yeah. No. So I'm like, yeah, I will. I will enlighten you. Yeah. Um, okay. There is a nominating committee, full of. I guess you would, could. You would. Ideally, they would like to be called music experts. Okay. But these are journalists. These are some musicians, like. Uh, Dave Grohl, Tom Morello, Questlove, those are all people who are on the nominating committee. And, you know, people who ran labels, people who are in the industry. It's mm. about 30 people or so. And every year they get together. They come up with a list of names. They eat a big sandwich. They eat. They don't eat a big sandwich. They eat a big that sandwich. Is, I'm sure they have steak. 
From what, we under, from what I've been told, they have very nice uh, deli sandwiches from uh, Carnegie. Oh. What I like to imagine is that they get one giant submarine sandwich that goes down the middle of the table, and at one point they all have to lean in and take a bite together. As though their hands were tied behind <laughs> their back. Say, and those are the non This just became minis. a scene from Eyes Wide Shut. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's eating a yeah. sandwich with their hands mm-hmm. tied up? Yeah, you, Kristen brings this up a lot, but Jamata, you're the first person to uh, recognize the odd eroticism. <laughs> The weird eroticism behind this fantasy. I mean, they could use their hands. They could all lift it up. I mean, it's cute either way. I mean, the way you do describe it, though, is that it's it's face forward. I mean, you said take a bite. Take a bite like that they would lean forward. It'd be cute if they did. I think that would be very cute, and I think it would help their team bonding. <laughs> Definitely a photo op. Sometimes Kristen brings this up to people who are actually in the room, and they're very confused. Yeah, because they're like, that's who, not like, what we do. We're on the nominating committee, and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love this. Okay, so. Yeah. It's uncomfortable when Mm-mm. Kristen brings it up. They love it, and the, everybody else loves it, too. The right, water fans? has waves. Hoagie Hive Unite. <laughs> hashtag Team Hoagie. <laughs> I'm hashtag team no hoagie. Uh, team nogi? I can't believe you didn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Hashtag no Outrageous. All right. Uh, so they all, you? but yeah, they all get around and then they each get to stand up and kind of submit a couple of artists that they want to vouch. I can't believe I'm mm-hmm. like taking over. Yeah, you're taking take the reins, Kristen. They each stand up and then they give a little uh, um, kind of a pitch for uh, just a quick one or two sentences about the artists that they think should be nominated that year. They all go around. Everybody says, their top three what are they two maybe each each person on committee submits two artists that they think are worthy to be on the ballot and then they all vote on the names that have been brought up and then there's a list of about 15 or so that make the ballot for that year and then those ballots get sent out to about a thousand people who are the voting body and then the voters choose who they want to be in the hall and then a class is announced at a later time. So they get a ballot and they can choose five names mm-hmm. on the ballot. Correct. And just like that. Wow. And that's how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame works. Wow. And right now well, we are in the, we are in the middle of things because the ballot has gone out and people are submitting their ballots back. They're voting. So we don't know who's going to be in the class, but we do know mm-hmm. who is on the ballot currently. Now, why don't we play a game? As okay. though you are a voter, Jametta. Okay, okay. So I'm going to give you, this is what the ballot. This is a nice time to be talking about voting. Everyone is just yeah, be aware. it's true. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, all I right. talk about voting on this podcast a lot. <laughs> so, Jametta, I now you have a ballot, okay. right? Those are the names that you can pick from, and you can pick five. Oh, okay, cool. So let's say you're filling out your ballot. Who do you choose? All right. And you can you can think and out loud. And I can loud. pick five, which is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I would pick definitely Rufus and Shaka Khan. I'd pick Whitney. I'd pick Dave Matthews. Let's pump the brakes. <laughs> so uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I love no, this. no, no, no. I just I would I want to hear a little bit about. I mean, we'll talk about Rufus at length. Uh, later in the program and then whitney makes sense given the same kind of genre and collaboration status yeah i mean if you're just picking artists who have done i'm every woman (laughs) then you have to pick those you gotta pick whitney (laughs) that's true i would love to know though uh dave matthews you picked as your third one just i would love to hear what you're thinking do the voters get this kind of commentary all the time like do they have to explain their choices 
because because I wasn't finished with my five selections, and uh-huh. I think my that selection surprised you, and maybe my others might have. Yeah, but I, now I it feels like thinking. do the voters do that? Do they have to send why? Oh, oh no no no! They just no. submit a they ballot. Just submit a oh ballot. okay. We just for the sake of conversation, I would love to hear in. why. We kind of mix it up as we're yeah. going along. Well, if you want, you can finish out your five, and then we can talk about the group. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, because I was trying to make my choice. It kind of just messed up my thought. So Dave <laughs> right. Matthews, I liked, um, I can't name a song by him. <laughs> Wait, what? But so you just remember. The, I'm talking about cultural contribution. The, and like, the familiarity oh, okay. Yeah, as and well. familiarity. Like I know, I know him, so I figure. But I like, I like Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Notorious B.I.G. I like, I like Notorious B.I.G., but. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. I, like, I would have to know the criteria of which I'm for which I'm voting. But well, if it is helpful, I'd to vote for as Notorious well, B.I.G. just for just just because I like the music. And, and I know. Yeah, no, well, that's, valid. that's that should like everybody's ballot is based on what their own personal criteria. Like, this is your dream ballot. This is your fantasy ballot. You get to pick the five artists that you would want to receive your vote okay so let's take off dave matthews (laughs) (laughs) sorry dave no beef but you know let's take him off um i feel like whitney rufus notorious big i like like the the other people that i like on the list Mm -hmm. i'm familiar with their music but can't talk about their music like by song names so i wouldn't vote for anyone else on the list You'd vote for those three and kind of leave the other two blank? Well, if if I wasn't able to just write in my own, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I like Pat Benatar. I like Nine Inch Nails. Depeche Mode, I like. But Dave Matthews, I feel like the Doobie Brothers, I feel like I like them. They were like that blues, that blues band. But so, like, familiarity will make me just leave the other two blank. I mm-hmm. feel like that is something that happens pretty, like, in in some cases, we've seen people say that on their ballots. Online, yeah. online that, like, people in the voting body, well, because there was that whole thing with the guy from the Crickets. The guy from the Hollies. Uh, yeah, from the Hollies, basically was like, I don't know any of these bands except for the Zombies. So I will be voting for them and sending it back in with just the one thing Mm -hmm. clicked on it. But the other thing to consider is like if you have a ballot, then you get to have a hand in deciding kind of what direction the hall goes this year. You know, so even if you're not familiar with the music, you could think, okay, well, this is an institution that tends to be pretty male. At the very least, I know if I if I write down Pat Benatar, that can help to correct the errors of this institution so to speak that's true we need to correct so many institutions <laughs> then i mean send out all the ballots let us true. Correct. Right. <laughs> write the women in yes but the criteria for the rock and roll hall of fame is never really publicly established anywhere mm. it's artists that have made a significant contribution to rock and roll and there are hip-hop artists in the hall already yeah yeah you know, tupac um, tupac is in nwa is in beastie boys, the beastie boys. public enemy uh run dmc grandmaster flash so you would think i think biggie is this is his first year eligible first time on the ballot nice and i think he should get in first oh, ballot please. do you think that he will you think he absolutely is going to or do you feel like i'm not sure 
I th- I I would predict up, it up until this point you had been, but I think that now oh, that we got the ballot out, it's like, is it going to happen? Who knows? I mean, as we've seen, the hall has been uh, more and more classic rock artists are the ones that are the layups. Okay, those are the ones that are most likely to get in. You never know what's going to happen with the hall. Well, of that's fame. good that they have a space where. You know, they can rack in all the rewards. That's great. Well, and what's hard, too, about kind of this ballot is that so many people are dead. Um, uh, That's true. Of the the artists. This all is is meant to culminate in one big induction ceremony. You know, the five or six or however many. Oh, they're supposed to come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, like, well, Shaka, listen, Rufus and Shaka can come through shaka will have on an outfit she will be slayed to the gods she will come through with her red hair go shaka go girl i would love it well you know because janet got in last year i was janet was the person i was the most excited about getting in last year you can hear me actually almost cry on the podcast when i find out that she's getting inducted and i don't care about the institution but in that moment i was like this is so special and it that means something was, and, i remember that and yeah. it was really and so that's that's another question i guess is like is that has there been any artists that you've like noted that you remember like oh they're getting in or oh they got nominated or have you has any like rock hall news come permeated? across your radar yeah yeah, I mean, I always am aware when it happens, but then it's not something that I am thinking about after. So it's not like yep. mm-hmm. I know who won last year. I I now mm-hmm. know because you said it, but last year I remember last hearing year about it. Like, All right, Janet, and going, go. Oh yeah. my gosh, go Janet! That is beautiful, yeah. just like that. And it was mm-hmm. great. And then she, it, then suddenly it was out yeah. of your head, and you moved on <laughs> with your no, life. No, for like for like for a little people. while after that, it was it for, stayed with it you. It stayed with me mm-hmm. because I was proud of her, and they were like doing a lot of videos and memes. It was really cool. Well, the thing about that though is she did not perform. She came. She accepted the award but she did not perform and i think the the you know the thought that we had was that that she wanted too high of a production value and she was kind of prepping mm. for her vegas show and all that stuff and that and, show mm-hmm. is amazing did and you so they should have just given her what she wanted <laughs> i agree hey that's always she still got people dressing up trying to be her background dancers going to the con like come on give her what she wants she wants you know especially since i feel like janet for for me, that win was so um, important because I feel like people tried to act like a wardrobe malfunction could end a legacy yeah. that was so much more. And so it's their loss that she didn't perform on television. What mm-hmm. if she just doesn't want to perform on television anymore? You know, I hadn't even thought about after that. After having what, been in that regard, having been yeah. trying to get reprimanded well, for a wardrobe. What, what's his shit? Les Moonves. Les Moonves. Yeah. yeah. And it's a wardrobe malfunction and like wardrobes that happens, but it just happened to be on television. And then they tried to act like they could do that. They could end the legacy or the contribution. Her star-studded legacy not only being from the family that she's from but being a strong woman that was talking about um being nasty and uh, independent and, and taking, you know control. taking control of her life and you know like no 
you don't get to do that. And so maybe she took control once again and was like, well, thanks for my award, but maybe I won't perform for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you don't get, you don't get I this. Agree. Come I mean, see me in Vegas. That's, I really do think that I, I hadn't thought about that, that, that um, aspect of it, that mm-hmm. she might just not want to give anyone else control over anything that's going to go on television mm-hmm. after kind of being betrayed so much. And also, you know, yeah, go see her in Vegas. And then look at the Super Bowl now. I mean, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's that's kind of how I thought about it. And that's why I thought about it so long, I think, is because I felt uh, like it was triumphant. Like, oh, yeah, girl, go get those it, awards. It meant yeah. a lot. It was mm-hmm. really cool. It was a long time and, coming. And, and it was nice. And in her speech, you know, she talked about how the hall needs to induct more women. And she and Stevie Nicks were the only two women inducted last year. And they both said something. Jametta, have you see, did you see Janet when she was in Vegas? Did I see her? No, yeah. no, I didn't see the concert. My friends went. Mm-hmm. They reported I heard back. About it. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I saw the footage, pictures. Yeah. They dressed up. Have they you seen did. Janet ever? Live? No, mm-hmm. only Ooh. which is why I'm so. Which is why probably I noted that she hasn't done many TV performances since Super Bowl because I look forward to seeing Janet live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a, a spectacle and, and a something. I don't think I have said this on the podcast because my mom just reminded me of this. Um, when I was a child, a young child, I my parents had split up and my mom had sent me, I I was like away for the weekend visiting some other like family member. And my mom's friend called her and was like, Jackie, I have tickets to the Janet Jackson rhythm nation tour. Do you want to come with me? And my mom fucking went and saw Janet Jackson do the rhythm nation tour. And she reminded me of this that I was so angry with her when I got oh, back sure. from the from the vacation. She was like, you were so mad. She's like, I can't believe you don't remember how angry you were at me. No. She's like, you would bring it up. That I, yeah. and it was like, well, you saw Janet Jackson. Like Ooh. I would, I would turn, I would turn it around on her. I would be like, you well, you saw Janet Jackson. Wow. <laughs> I had forgotten Damn. about that. She brought that up to me when I was speaking to her uh, recently. So and that's so, you yeah. guys know it's real. <laughs> mm, that's too. But it, you've mended that fence. Yes. Yeah. My we're, mom we're and I are now. speaking you're, again. You're I don't okay. bring it up anymore. In fact, it's so much water under the bridge. I have forgotten it. And that's why we're happy that Janet got inducted. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because without that, <laughs> full circle, they wouldn't have been able to patch that up. No, it would have been irreparable. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Jametta, have you seen Shaka live? Live in person, I've met Shaka before. Okay. Um, I was working at a restaurant, and she came in as a patron. And so that was cool, but no, I've never seen her sing live. I've, same thing, watched her on TV. It was great to see her at the Rose Bowl. I was hoping that she would uh, sing like some of her older repertoire, but she like was the... Um, the Grand Marshal at the Rose Parade. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? The, yeah, she was this year, and she, or, or I guess last year, is because it's coming up again. You knew that, Joe? Did you know? I know that she's done those events. Uh, I know she. What's the one in Chicago? The Bud Billiken. The Bud Billiken Day she's Parade. Done, she's done. <laughs> she's been. I think the Grand Marshal there as well. She does have a Grand Marshal energy. She's yeah. got Grand Marshal energy. <laughs> I guess yeah, she does. Yeah, Shaka is from Chicago. If she gets in, they'll do like some Chicago stuff. Mm. Kind of oh, give them the, all the ideas, I'm girl. Sure of yeah. it. I'm positive there will I be some sort Chicago. of parade. They'll have some, you know, little street side banners that say Chicago on them. Like, congratulations to hometown girl Shaka Khan. Oh, Chicago that would be good. loves you. Mm-hmm. It'd be uh, great. 
Jumetta, I would love to know just your personal connection to Rufus and Shaka Khan and what they mean to you. Well, for me, as a, a singer and a songwriter, I have always been the girl with the voice that uh, cuts through um, everything. Like um, in the choir, I had a loud voice. I knew how to blend. I just had a very strong voice. And so finding Shaka Khan's beautiful um yet strong voice and realizing that you could have a very powerful voice and it can still be nuanced and you could sing um, funk and you could sing many different genres with a powerful voice was very inspiring for me. And so finding her through Rufus, um, their recording, I Know You, I Live You, was my first time hearing Rufus. I had already um, been familiar with Shaka before that point from being a kid listening to her more popular solo stuff that was like um, more contemporary even when I was a mm -hmm. kid. But um, I found that song and it, it took me down a rabbit hole to where I became familiar with the group and their sound. And uh, Rags to Rufus is like um, that album. And then the rest of it is like more... I gather sound, and so it's still very uh, inspirational because I, I I feel like it's become a part of like music that I'm writing and working on now, um, and ideas and concepts that I'm writing have a lot to do with the group mentality of the 70s and 60s where people would have bands and have bands of people doing things together, and so um, I feel like Rufus as a group inspired me in that, in that way, in the fact of just collecting and witnessing sound and witnessing different ways of doing sound and figuring out how I would like to do it so mm -hmm. they're both very important to me do you and so but you so you kind of went retroactively you were like into Shaka you were familiar with her and then kind of retroactively became familiar with Rufus, Rufus and yeah. found Rufus mm -hmm. I mean the truth of the matter and I think I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast but Joe has heard this fact about me which was I knew who Shaka Khan was and I thought that Rufus was just like maybe they had done some duets and Rufus was a guy oh, that they yeah, had maybe done yeah. some duets with I did not know that Rufus was a band a collective yeah. of many men and that many uh, yeah. I, I had no idea I mean because I knew who Shaka Khan was I mean from, I knew Ain't Nobody and um I feel for you. I, I feel for you. And then I knew I'm every woman, but I knew it through Whitney Houston. And I even learned like Shaka Khan's name from Whitney Houston Just saying shouting it at Shaka the end of the movie. At the end. I mean, that's it's and that whole music Pass video. Torch, yeah. yeah. And it was like that was how I ever learned about her. But beyond that, like my knowledge of the Rufus music is really going to be uh you were, I'm, we're going to give you a lesson. Baby. We're going to give you a lesson. like from today. Play <laughs> something. Let me hear it. Yeah. I think, I, especially people kind of our age, you know, Shaka Khan was so huge. Uh, and wa what she was able to achieve in terms of success and popularity was bigger than Rufus. And then also Rufus, their heyday was a full decade before uh, Shaka Khan's solo heyday. Yeah, but the reason why I think this nomination is important is because I don't know if Shaka Khan um, would have become the Shaka Khan that was and is so legendary now without going through the path of having worked with Rufus and yeah. the music that they made being very um, signature of her sound and then building from there and working with Prince and working with Stevie and working with these different mm -hmm. writers, but having a sound that they knew 
worked with her voice already and and exploring from there i think was a part of why we have shaka khan the artist we have today that should also be in the hall of fame separately from rufus and shaka but rufus and shaka should be in the hall of fame that's where it, Mm -hmm. it all began and it was a band it wasn't like she was given a backup band they came up together i mean they were playing bar shows in chicago right and it's it is a band and it was rufus originally and then by the third album just because shaka was so magnetic and people were so taken by that voice it became rufus featuring shaka khan I see. So originally she was just a member of mm-hmm. Rufus? Yeah, originally she, was, a, she oh. was a percussion player. And so it's interesting that you said she has the Grand Marshal energy. Yeah. Because she did. She had the Grand Marshal energy. She was playing percussion. And they were a band that was trying to find their sound too. They had had another name that I think was a... Uh, Before they were Rufus, they there was a, a lot of the members of the band were in a group called American Breed. There we Is are. That it? That's yes. the that's the that's who American they were before so, Rufus. Yeah. So American Breed also had a huge hit called "Bend Me, Shape Me." Like you hear that song, I mean it—it's a 60s yeah. That is song. a '60s jangly little rock song, and mm-hmm. it does not feel. Then you think of Shaka Khan, groovy it's little rock the, song. the evolution from that point to point. To, yeah. I mean, that is a different. So you, that's a different decade. And yeah. very clearly. members of American Breed were starting. They were trying to get another band going in Chicago, and they had this woman named Paulette McWilliams, who was their singer. And they were doing shows in, and she wanted to break off solo. And her best friend was this woman named Chaka Khan. Whoa. And was like, I'm, I want to go solo. They need a singer. Do you want to sit in with them? And then apparently as soon as she was there, the chemistry started building. And their first album, Rufus. Wow. I mean, R.I.P. Paulette, though. Poor yeah, I thing. know. What, I mean, what like, a decision. Like, she's like, I'm going to go solo. It's like I wonder that, if they're still friends. It's like the Michael McDonald yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, with that feeling when a, a singer leaves and then someone replaces them and then they take off. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, yeah. But, the, but the feeling of being replaced by what's supposedly your best friend yeah well and, and that you said to, to do it yeah you decided to leave yeah right and, you and it just be... wasn't that chemistry so wondering if everyone involved was mature enough to yeah. deal with the situation i wonder if paulette was friends. salty about it or if they are friends that's a good question i don't question. know i mean because it was her choice and they were friends and it was like do the i'm leaving it's my choice i want you to be a part of this and also shaka was very young yeah, oh, I was like seventeen. Yeah, years then old I'd be super bitter. I leave. I a seventeen year old <laughs> comes, takes my place, and then things start going well. Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, right. I Hurricane Chris, you are retroactively <laughs> adding me to all of the songs. Yeah, there could be two singers. <laughs> I, I will not be erased. <laughs> but I was uh, across town, yeah. the uh, that first album, Rufus Shaka is not singing lead on every song. So there was there was very much that collaborative vibe of like, okay, this guy Ron Stockert's gonna be singing lead on some of these and everyone has a different creative input, but once the public kind of got a hold of the songs that Shaka was singing, mm-hmm. then it became like that was the focus then. And then they did Rags to Rufus, and then from there on 
every album was with was either called Rufus featuring Chaka Khan. That was the uh, most consistent. But they really they went through a lot of different. It was Rufus and Chaka, Rufus with Chaka Khan, Rufus and Chaka Khan. Like it, it, they never were fully consistently yet, the same. Chaka never gets to be first. Never Chaka Khan and Rufus. Well, I think that's. <laughs> I mean. I think it's because it was not a backup yeah, band. Yeah, no, I agree. But it is an interesting thing about when someone's full name is in the name of the band. Yeah. Because you wouldn't induct Tom Petty solo and then also Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make any sense. But you could make a case for Rufus featuring Shaka Khan as its own thing and then Shaka Khan's solo work as its own thing. I'm starting to get really excited, honestly, about the prospect of them getting in. I And it worries me because, <laughs> well, because <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, they've made a lot of songs and they've, and I'm remembering a lot of songs now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, I like a lot of these songs and I'm like, oh, damn it. And this is their what number nomination? Yeah. So they've been on the ballot a lot of times. They've been on the ballot quite a bit. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, so part of the reason why the Hall of Fame is such a frustrating at times and annoying institution is because how can you really be objective about music, right? Like how can you say that one thing is better than another thing when it all it, it hits everybody differently? It, it right. means something differently to everybody. So to try and make sense of something that is difficult to kind of parse out, what I've done is I've put together a list of categories in an attempt to be objective. And if I think if a band does well, if an artist does well in these categories, they have a good case for induction. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we're going to see how Rufus (laughs) stacks up. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break, you... Uh, I hope that you referenced uh, what you thought was a popular uh, turn of phrase and... You it, learned it's not. And you learned that it's not, but you didn't let that deter you from... From having confidence in, in your future. life. So let's talk about let's talk about Rufus <laughs> featuring Shaka Khan. They became eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, the 1999 induction ceremony. They were first nominated in 2012 and then uh, Shaka Khan solo was nominated so it took 13 years for them to get their first nomination correct okay Shaka Khan solo was nominated in 2016 Mm -hmm. and then again in 2017 then they went back to nominating Rufus in 2018 and then in 2019 and then this year 2020 so Rufus has been nominated four times and then Shaka solo has been nominated Twice, Shaka has been on the ballot the past five ballots. They like in some inter- in they some incarnation. want her in. It is so clear. Is this a Questlove push? Do you? You think? know, I've learned that uh, a lot of people on the committee bring her up. That he's not the only one. So it's not even just like one person's pet no. project. Uh, so there's a there's a woman named Amy Linden who's on the nominated committee, and she had said on her own podcast recently that she brought up Shaka. She brought up Rufus this year, but someone always does. That was kind of the impression that she gave was like, the whole room is on board. That's why they keep getting nominated. Everyone's like, this is ridiculous. They have to get in. So it happened to be her this year and might have been someone else the other years. Shaka inducted Laverne Baker in 1991. 
So Shaka has been to a ceremony before and has been involved. She gave the speech inducting Laverne. Can you tell me about Laverne Baker? Do you know anything about her? Laverne Baker, uh, the song you might know from her is Jim Dandy. Uh, Jim Dandy to the rescue. Uh, Jim Dandy to the rescue. Uh, Jim Dandy to the rescue. Uh, Go Jim Dandy. Go Jim Dandy. I wonder if she was singing about the chicken plays. <laughs> it's a place called Jim Dandy. I'm telling you. To the comes to the rescue. That song is great, and I do know that one. Yeah, so yeah it's, a, it's like a standard. Laverne yeah. Baker. Okay. Uh, cool. Now let's go through these categories with Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. First category is critical acclaim. Now I, I believe this was an artist that the critics liked, but I also don't think of them as darlings. I don't think they were reviled. I think they tended to get good good grades, as it were. You know, they mm-hmm. were an edgy band and like Shaka's attire and how sexual the lyrics were. Um, when they first came out, I mean, America was still coming out of the 60s mm-hmm. when they were a lot more conservative. And so I wouldn't say uh, maybe critical acclaim, but I think that the critics liked Shaka's voice, and that's how. Oh, yes. oh, that's how they became Rufus and Shaka, and so I feel like maybe not as critically acclaimed as, uh, say, the Beatles or something, but critically analyzed and like you know always they up took for, the feedback. Yeah, they took always the feedback up for and talk. applied it. You know, I wonder too if it could be. We see this a lot where maybe a band is, it's like almost they're too popular. They're too much of a party band. They're too, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. And so they don't get a lot of critical acclaim. It's like, you know, they're not serious enough. You know, they're not introspective enough. They have like a bit of a disco influence as well, which is not, you know, critical. Absolutely. has taken a long time yeah. for disco to get the recognition that it deserved as being good music because mm-hmm. it was dismissed mm-hmm. in its time mm-hmm. and especially towards and the actively, end actively you know reviled by mm-hmm. some absolutely but yeah the the press definitely gave a lot of attention to shaka and then that was how she's grand marshal it- energy <laughs> she's out there she's got i mean mm-hmm. the hair the outfits, the She's, body, the smile, the voice, the and then voice. the voice. Come yeah. on, the full package. Put her in. <laughs> next, <laughs> next category is classic albums, and this we can tie this to critical acclaim in a sense, in how we look at the Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all Here's time. Here's what I do want to say. Mm-hmm. I got to give just a special applause to the album title rags to rufus i like it because it's not a pun but it kind of is and Mm -hmm. you know i'm into it it's a little it's playful (laughs) it's playful and i like it yeah so it gets a special it gets on my list but do you want to hear the albums first yeah okay so that first album in 73 rufus was the one where they did not they it was not featuring shaka yet they didn't really understand what they had you know, there were other people singing lead. And then Rags to Rufus is when it the the rise begins. And then Rufusized is the one after that. Rufusized? Rufusized. They were in a groove with naming these albums. That's yeah. a wild name. And it seemed like they wanted to make sure you didn't forget about Rufus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's you true. Because then the next one is called Rufus featuring Shaka Khan. 
Oh, just self-titled. And then the next one after that is called Ask Rufus, which is uh, tip of the hat to their original Mm -hmm. name. And then Street Player, Numbers, Master Jam. And then at this point, they were starting to do albums without Shaka. Because she she went off solo, and she would still record with them sometimes. But they were, as she was doing solo albums, they were doing albums just as Rufus. When was her her first album? So her her first solo album, Shaka, was 78. And when was the first Rufus album with her on it? The Rufus and Shaka album? The first one that had her name in the title? Because Mm. she was there for the first album, 73. 73. So 73. So they had like five years of putting out albums... And they were, I mean, Rags to Rufus and Rufus Sized were same year, 74. People used to put out a lot of music. Yeah. <laughs> Record I mean, contracts were wild. They were, they were brutal. I think one of the reasons why, even though she was going solo, she c- continued to record with them was because there was a recording contract that yeah. she had to fulfill. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys think Rufus has an album on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums? They absolutely do not. Jametta, what do you think? Well, I mean, from if I was one of those voters, <laughs> yeah, again, you know, I'd vote for Rags to ri- Rufus mm-hmm. Riches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I again, see, it works. We love it, but I mean, I would love it if they did. I would love to believe that they did have one, but they don't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost sure no, that they, they don't. do not. I, and I'm the only. I just, oh, I am oddly in tune with the Rolling Stone. You don't know anything about chart. it. You're good at guessing. I don't know anything about it and I usually come pretty close if they have an album with where it is on the top 500 that for Rolling Stone. Well, you got it's, a knack at that. It's a it's weird it's a weird one for me to have. Yeah, to find out what your true calling is and that it's this. <laughs> that it's a thing that I don't really care about and can make no money from. Yeah, pretty weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I it, just because you have to think of the Rolling Stone critics, mm-hmm. they're the same people who didn't like disco, who put the Beatles and Dylan and on every cover, you know, forever. And Right. And I think that yeah, that's reflective of the fact that Rufus probably did not get the due that they deserved from the critics. Now let's go to a category, recognizable songs. And I think their most iconic song is Tell Me Something Good. Tell me something good. Tell me that you love me, yeah. Written by Stevie Wonder. After he heard Shaka, he was like, I'm writing something for this woman. And originally gave her another song. She was like, no, I don't like this. And he was like, okay. Uh, and then he came back with uh, Tell Me Something Good. Wow. And then I think the song that's kind of in the number two slot of the songs people know by Rufus is at the very, very end before Rufus broke up, which is Ain't Nobody. They were starting to break up, and what whoa, they did whoa, whoa, for. Whoa. <laughs> one, nice thing, yeah. one side of a live album they actually got together in the studio and recorded a bunch of songs and ain't nobody was one of them it you was know like what's one of interesting last about ain't nobody though is it doesn't feel like a song with a band on it you know it really feels like an electronic track. it feels like a track yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it is i mean there's a it was written by a rufus member it was written by a guy named dave hawk walinski Oh, of course. Uh, who wrote <laughs> wrote a lot of great late era Rufus songs and not included in the list of people to All be right, inducted with hang Rufus. Hang on. I oh, got to really? pump the damn brakes. 
No, Why? you gotta put Hawk in. I think we, I think we put gotta start. In. We gotta start a movement to get What's Hawk. Going you on? really Hawk have to up there now, especially if he wrote "Ain't Nobody." I mean, why yeah. he not just there? put him in? And he also wrote uh, another great Rufus song called "Do You Love What You Feel." Love What You Feel was a number one R&B hit. Uh, and I think if R&B artists are included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and as we know they are, I think looking at the R&B charts, I think it's an appropriate measurement uh, when you're determining what the iconic songs are from Rufus. That song made me feel very good. What's what's the song that got you in uh, Love You? Love- I Know You, I Live You. I, I know, know You, I, I Live, live you. you. Right. Which is, I believe, technically a Shaka song. I was in the club when I heard it the first time and I thought that the voice sounded like me. Like my voice, and I was like, "Who is this? Like, what song is this?" I had never heard it. I thought I was more familiar with um, Shaka's repertoire and like her discography. So where I'm, I ran up to the DJ, and I happened to know the DJ, so they they were gracious enough to tell me the song. And so I went home. I looked it up on the internet. I just listened to it all the time, all the time, all the time. And I went to Amoeba, and I started looking for the record, and I didn't find it at first. I didn't find the song. So I know you, Olivia, was on What You Gonna Do For Me, which is a Shaka solo, but then it led you... It led me to Rufus. Down the path to the righteous Rufus. And I didn't really... No, remember the title and I was just like okay I don't see what the guy told me I don't think but maybe it's on this record because it's like all this all the other songs that I knew were on records like Shaka and like I knew those records so I'm like trying to find something the one you didn't know yeah and thank God for Amoeba shout out to KP <laughs> and Jimmy over there just uh and John Lou all the Amoeba family but thank God for a record store where they didn't have it separated yeah so Rufus was right. With Shaka with the Khan. Shaka music. It, yeah. That's a good point, too. I mean, and now it's kind of in many ways people don't find music that way as often. Yeah, in person, in person. with your hands. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. much more rare these days. Yeah, truly- but what, an ex- what, what a nice thing to be able to experience looking for something, but then finding what you weren't expecting, but then falling in love with it. I yeah. also think that the evolution of the music is so evident in all of these. So it's like the 60s, that American Breed song that you played sounded mm-hmm. so 60s, so like groovy little 60s. Then we've got these like 70s funky ass jams. And then we get more kind of like 80s style 80s productions, synth. Yeah. 80s synth type stuff. Yeah, the computer starts taking over. And happening in this band. They, they yeah. are like the evolution of what music. American music. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And on Rags to Rufus, there's a song called You Got the Love. You got the love. Give me the strength to keep on living. Yeah. Whatever it is, I can't do without what you're giving. 
a demanding song, you know, and I feel like that's what was really good about it being the first song on the record is it demanded your attention. It Out demanded it was saying like, hey, we're on to this new sound and and then she was able to um sing in her sweet voice on there too but then it goes right back into the uh, hook it's almost like she's negotiating at that point where it's like all right i'll do anything you say i'll do anything you want me to do but like you know you got the love i won't just give it to me but really it's a demand you're Mm -hmm. gonna give it to her it was rags to rufus i think that maybe they um played upon the um old saying of course or the common saying but i think they also felt like they had made music that was like gonna gonna change their lives yeah like, this is different they now. knew that it yeah they knew what they had we're not slumming in in chicago bars anymore yeah we we're, we're moving something. to la or we're you know yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're tapping into something on the next album rufus eyes the big hit was once you get started once you get started The next number one was Sweet Thing. I have a journey with Sweet Thing, which is Mary J. Blige. Covered the it. B-side to Real Love was her cover of Sweet Thing. Uh-huh. And I had the single of Real Love and I listened almost, I listened two to one more to Sweet Thing. I did not know it was a cover. I was oh, like, yeah. this song is mm-hmm. incredible. It is, I'm now so partial to the Mary J. Blige cover. She does like a very beautiful vocal run, run at the end that is like, I remember falling asleep to it. It's not just a Shaka song. It is a Rufus. Wow. Dang. Okay. You know, I used to be... So who wrote that one? That was Shaka with uh, Tony Maiden, who was... The guy that sings. He sings in the band too, right? And he was the closest to Shaka and still sometimes plays with her. You know, I had been... uh, We've talked on the show before uh, because I didn't know that I knew Rufus. (laughs) Right. No. Which is a thing that I'm learning, you know? Uh and so prior to this, I had been like, well, we need more women in the hall. We don't need one woman and then seven guys. Like, we don't need Rufus. Mm-hmm. What, why are we trying to muddy up Shaka's induction? And- like, what do we need them for? And now... You realize you know, that the, I really do stand absolutely corrected on that. While Shaka's solo career had great songs and iconic songs, like I Feel For You... Mm-hmm. And I'm every woman. And through the fire. I feel like those songs are great 
And and what is great about that is her songwriting and composition skills. I think the reason why she would deserve two awards is being a part of a group and being able to expand that group. Extrapolate. Yeah. Yes. She extrapolate. could come out and then transcend. Yeah. Right? And then to go into another realm, because in that realm, she's co-writing. She's doing a lot of co-writing. It's mm-hmm. a lot more produced then okay someone gives you a track and you write to it and you write this and then you arrange the backgrounds mm-hmm. that's a whole nother uh skill set skill set yeah. and so that's why the two things should be awarded separately um because i i remember earlier um you said that maybe like not understanding the two things being separated yeah. how do you ma- I, yeah what do you make a distinction do you lump it all together right or? i'm glad to me i'm like put them on put them in together just because there's a limited number of spots that they're going to put in every year and we're having a hard time getting them in anyway. Uh, yeah, we can. I'm right. like, do it all. And you know like, me, I'm like, put everybody would in. Would it be fair on the ballot for it to say Rufus slash Shaka Khan, meaning the band as well as the artist as a solo performer? Ooh. Well, know. no, I think Rufus is, that's why they've been doing this with the, their like album Rufus, titles. Yeah. Is that they're like, look, remember Rufus. We're the band. Like, this yeah. is it. It's yeah, not just it's Shaka. us featuring Shaka so Khan. Are, so it's kind of making you decide between the discographies. It is, which yeah. isn't fair. No, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, and do I do think, think yeah. I think Shaka Khan on her own on a ballot is more enticing for people to vote for because it's it's the name that people know. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes to just Rufus, then even though that is probably the better discography and the more formative and foundational for what would come, it is not as recognizable to, mm-hmm. to the, the common public, person, to the, to the yeah. public. Yeah, It's a push and pull between what is the right thing to do and then what will get How you the result it. you want. This is all voting, isn't it? God damn yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. There are a lot of similarities of like, who do you want on the ballot, but who do you want to win? Yep. All right. Let's talk about the next category, which is commercial success, which is pretty pretty decent for Rufus. Yeah. Uh, starting with Rags to Rufus, and then the next three, out those three, Three albums that from Rags to Rufus to Rufus featuring Shaka Khan all went gold. Ask Rufus went platinum. The next one was gold. Master Jam was platinum. So they were releasing albums that a lot of people were buying. They were very successful. They were a huge touring act as well. And then when Shaka went solo, then it even it took it to the stratosphere in terms of popularity. But Rufus was a very, very popular band in their time. Uh, the next category is longevity, and we've already kind of talked about a little bit of how they connect all these different eras of American music. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rags to Rufus was 74, and then by the time they released Ain't Nobody, that was 83. Oh, so they, yeah. They had a okay. really long, I mean, like, yeah. And then when was American Breed? American Breed was 68. So 68 yeah. to 84? I mean, they were the yeah. members of the this these groups were doing important stuff. And then if you then if you put Shaka in there, that continues into the nineties. Yeah. Like she was making huge records beyond. And now is everybody still alive? For the most part surprisingly for a band from the from the 70s yay uh, go ahead taking care of themselves i think the only member who is who has died is nate morgan who was the keyboard player in the beginning but it looks like everybody else is alive now does rufus still play at all no they do not they don't but so we can't get a show for the wall 
I mean, there's a lot of groups that don't play anymore or don't play together that anymore. That will reunite for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. For the honor of the Rock Hall, they will, whether they have differences or whatever it was, put all that aside to play one, sometimes one last show. What are wow. the big ones that have reunited for the induction? Talking Heads mm-hmm. is a huge one. That's the mm-hmm. only time they've ever reunited and played. Uh, Cream reunited, mm-hmm. and that was that was pretty big. And then the next category is innovation and influence. Well, we did. I mean, I feel that we really kind of taught the the idea that they bridge the gap. You said it like they bridge mm-hmm. the gap through genre and time period of American music. It's they're the story of <laughs> yeah of the seventies. I feel sense. like they're the whole that whole decade. They put out music throughout it all, and then they also changed with the times. Like they innovated and changed yeah. and were part of it, and you know went on to be then you know influencing many other bands but also Shaka Khan obviously is such an influential well, singer I mean it cannot be understated Shaka is really the link from Aretha and Tina to Whitney and Mariah like yes. that's Shaka as a singer kind of owned the 70s and then continued into the 80s as well mm-hmm. I mean she's one of the great singers of all time yeah I would agree uh, and when Jametta and I were driving here, Higher Love came on, the Steve Winwood song. I love that song. And that's Shaka. What? She's the one singing along. That makes total sense now. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that song. <laughs> and I was reading, she was supposed, they had recorded it and it was never released Addicted to Love was supposed to be a duet between Robert Palmer and Shaka Khan. What? And they never they never released it, I think because her management or someone didn't want to overexpose her. Oh. And she, I think, was kind of pissed because I think she loved... Because Addicted to Love is a bop. And yeah, she's and she like, was I want on, on that shit. What would it be? Like, she'd be on the chorus? Or would she just take a verse? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll and never hear. You know it. what, though, I will say. Then we would be missing. I doubt the video would have been what that, it was. What it yeah. was if if Shaka <laughs> Khan had been in it. Maybe she would have been one of those swimsuit or uh, or you, you know, get um, uh, tube dress girls. Or you get dress. a fully different. You get Robert Palmer with the women, and then you cut to Shaka, and she's got dudes. My actual dream. <laughs> equal objectification. If uh-huh. we can't fix it, let's just at least make it equal. Both sides <laughs> of a dang coin. <laughs> Come oh, on, wow. baby. Last category. Maybe the most important yeah. category. Does my mom know who they are? Mary Pat definitely does, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I... Yes. I believe... I mean, my mom definitely well, my knows, mom who, knows Shaka who Shaka is. Khan is. I wonder if my mom knows I'm who pretty sure is. She I bet knows. she does. But I think this speaks to the issue we've already kind of talked about which is that the name shaka is bigger than the band rufus that's what's complicating i think them getting in it is the me problem i i am i am the problem which is i thought to myself yeah i know who shaka khan is but what the hell why should i care about rufus why should i care about rufus and And who cares about the rock hall god damn all right it's time for our verdict Okay. Should Rufus featuring Shaka Khan be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they? And if so, when? And will it be this very year? Now, I I go first. I 
absolutely am a convert. I'm like, also this is kind of music that I like. So it's very mm-hmm. easy for me to come around on this. I, I absolutely think that they should be in, uh, God, it is hard. So this is the seventh nomination in total. The if fifth include, for just the band yes. for the band and Shaka. Yeah, it's a. It makes it really difficult. Be, uh, this is one of those ones that makes a great case for the thing that you brought up last week, which was the nominating committee should just get to automatically induct one and go circumvent yeah. the voting. If body. the voting body keeps fucking up. Because, like, that's how... The committee should be able to say, you guys don't get it, we're going to put them in. Because it seems like that's what's happening with, like, Shaka and the MC5. Craft work. Craft work, things like that. Like, bands that clearly the nominating committee wants to be in there, and they're like, well, we'll just keep putting them on there, and hopefully, you know, everyone will wake up. Uh, So, I mean, God, I, I don't know if they... I want them in this year. Like, to me, a perfect ballot is, like all of the hard rock bands split the vote amongst each other. And then we just get kind of like rising to the top is Whitney, B.I.G., Rufus and Chaka Khan, Benatar. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, somebody else in the fifth wild card slot. Really, whatever is fine. You You know, the Doobie Brothers can get it. I don't care. (laughs) Put in Don Rundgren, put in... um, I, I really T-Rex, don't care. Yeah. T-Rex, whatever. I don't care. That fits mm-hmm. like can go to somebody else. But, you know, that's how I, that would be my dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that with the kind of like there's a little R&B niche on this. Like if you if you as I would imagine many of the voters do um, group like rap with R&B, meaning literally just like black music, mm-hmm. uh, considering that m- much of the voting body has traditionally been white men and old white men, makes me think that they are going to be less inclined. You know, all the members of KISS are voting and like mm-hmm. they're not voting for any of the people that I just fucking named. Yep, and, very true. And you know, I'm, and you know, I'm mad about it and that's why... <laughs> um, so I don't know that they're going to get in this year. I want them to. It would be really awesome. I think that if they don't get in in the next five years, something's going to have to happen. Like what happened with Sheik? Right. There's going the committee, the hall as an institution will intervene and say, well, if you're not going to vote them in, we're going to figure out a way for them to get in regardless. Jametta, what do you think? Obviously, you think they should be. Definitely think they should be in the hall. I still stand by my original statement that said that I think they should also be in the hall separately. Shaka should be there alone Mm -hmm. as well as with them. And as far as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominating them next year, um, I feel like an institution that doesn't post the criteria of why and how they select their candidates do it to um, keep an uh, invisible hand, if you will, that will keep the powers that be in place. Mm -hmm. And so I look forward to the Rock and Roll (laughs) Hall of Fame crumbling (laughs) um, (laughs) unless unless they... Unless they show respect where it's due, which is all over. And some transparency will help because if you don't want us to assume that it's racist and biased selection um, going on, then be transparent about how you make your selections. Other than that, I'd say I feel about uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, just about not as not it's not it's not like in line with America but I'm pretty much ready for shit to be accountable and yeah. transparent and so I really hope that they win uh, next year if they don't I hope that they uh, 
get whatever they uh, can out of it. But I feel like um, acknowledgement, like you said, to have to circumvent for Nile Rodgers, who's written all these songs and been so contribute, um, contributive to um, our musical landscape. And the fact that all the, the only original genres of uh, music uh, that are American tend to be black music. And mm-hmm. so the fact that uh, the powers that be, our establishments, our institutions are staying closed-minded to that, uh, me as a black woman and an artist, I, I feel like it, it makes you have less regard for the institution. So if they want to stay relevant with, yes. um, with the times that are changing, I would suggest them to be more transparent and to be a little less biased if you want to stay around because things that don't go with the whole tend to... Uh, be the thing that devolves. Yeah, it, it goes like away. Induct Rufus or Crumble. All right. Yeah, Call? that was my premonition. Uh-huh. So they have seven I years. Think, yeah, I, I I'll give them seven. You gave them five. I'll give them seven because we've got a lot of stuff to deal with. We got to impeach this president. We got to get somebody else in office. We got big fish to fry. This, my mom wrote me back. I said, "Do you know the band Rufus?" And then she said, "Yes, but I don't think they had a ton of hits." And then five seconds later, she wrote Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. See, so she, yeah. my mom, again, she knows Shaka Khan. Yeah. She represents the the mainstream on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Rufus featuring Shaka Khan should be absolutely. They already should be in there. It's, it's wild. At this point, it's uh, it's taken too long, and it's a little embarrassing. It's hard to say if they will, given how much, uh, how often they've been on the ballot and not gotten in. I think you made a good point, Kristen, that the lane would have to be fully clear and it's you know it sucks that sometimes you have to see that for things to happen like they will clear the lane for a hip-hop artist biggie's the only hip-hop artist on the ballot even though like ll cool j has been on in the uh, the last couple of years they were clearly trying to like make him the the rap choice trying to make it easy and it's it sucks but you also you respect it a little bit because the hall's trying to make it easy for these artists to get in but it shouldn't have to be so hard mm-hmm. you know and so when rufus has been nominated in the past you would think okay is the main competition here given genre is it whitney is there going to be vote splitting there i don't know but i do think that whitney is now the shoe in and biggie is is less uh, um a shoe in it's it's hard to tell because we don't know the vote totals also after this happens. So we don't know what's Transparency. happening. Transparency. I think what we might see happen and that might make it, okay, now we have to get Shaka in is, I mean, Janet got in, Whitney will get in, maybe Mariah will get in before. So then once we have- That would be a travesty and an embarrassment. Fully out of order. And I could see that happening and then That wouldn't even going, just be out of order. That is just like- to even bring up Mariah Carey and like I love her voice mm-hmm. but we're talking about lasting like being able to preserve your talent Sarah yeah. Vaughn and Ella Fitzgerald sang until their 80s Shaka is gonna sing until, until the mm-hmm. last breath that leaves her body Mariah Carey sings with record, pre-recorded tracks mm-hmm. and has gotten caught 
numerous yes, times on television embarrassingly so and shout out to her because she had a, she has a great voice but she needs to do things better for herself and for her uh health care regimen apparently because she that that should be a criteria so i mean i know you probably <laughs> brought yeah. up her name like just like kind of randomly but yeah. i was like oh no like no i she can't, can't go I in before shaka. I, I know but she should not be in before she can't go shaka. in before but i can shaka. see that scenario where then people will go wait a second what are we doing how did we put in all these people before shaka it's we gotta fix this error yeah that's something i could see happening but i don't know uh i I think the one thing you can count on that's not on your question that when you are an artist that is disregarded by the masses you tend to not care so that's a the relevance the relevance they might not even not to say they don't care about the acknowledgement from the rock and roll hall of fame but to say they're probably not looking for it seven nominations and it hasn't happened it's like okay well when it does happen yay but like when you've been waiting for the light to shine your way and you are the light you Mm -hmm. tend to just shine you tend to just shine and you don't wait and so like maybe that's why I don't remember Janet getting the award last year because it was like it was good but it was like oh okay well they usually overlook us anyway so it's like oh great you know and so I mean maybe we didn't come to talk about that but I hope they get nominated and I'm happy you guys have this podcast because it gave me a greater um, insight into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame but I definitely as a person that is an artist and that does try to make uh, groundbreaking and cultural um, cultural submissions not just not just entertainment Mm -hmm. um i never have i i I didn't aspire to get a rock and roll hall of fame award yeah um because i didn't think they'd see me you Mm -hmm. know uh, you know maybe they wouldn't see me and so it's just you want to be a part of a kid's uh dream you want to be a part of a kid's aspiration when they're looking forward to making culture and art if you consider yourself a cultural art institution Mm -hmm. that is giving out awards but not inspiring everyone so i mean even though we didn't come here to talk about that that that's what's on my heart to to say because it's odd that it's so difficult and i mm-hmm. think that that's why i haven't paid much attention to to well, the and you know this i come from a really I, I come from a similar uh entry point into this where i was like what is in it for me why do i care about the rock hall at all i'm not an artist uh, you know, but I look at it and I'm like, this is a white patriarchal institution that seems to celebrate itself and kind of feed into itself. And so, yes, it is really nice when there are these little, you know, chips yeah. made at the, you know, wall. And we're like, wow, the barrier might just come down someday. Mm-hmm. But really what we're, it just, we, you look up and the wall is so big. And so, you know, for every Janet Jackson that gets in and for every kind of like artist that, um, you know, or that that it took a long time for them to get in or they weren't given their due you know you look around and then there's some white mediocrity happening and mm-hmm. we're sweeping out the 60s but thank god uh, for like artists like bjork thank god for like true originators that it's like color doesn't matter it's not about color it's when you start making exclusions based upon color and based upon uh no uh experiential reference or um contact with different cultures because art and music is to be reflective of the cultures and so if you have no um relation with different cultures you may not you may not resonate with the music but does that make the music less 
culturally relevant Mm -hmm. when we're building a global exchange the world has gotten more and more um interconnected we trump trying to build a wall and it's like the walls can't be built in our minds so my thing is the minds are changing and so i like to um look forward to receiving an accolade from the rock and roll hall of fame i want them to stay around and be relevant to the people because you you you're saying you represent the people but but you don't and that's what the government is doing and you see what's happening with them and so it's just mm-hmm. like look at just look at tv and just like well, we talk about this too you know the idea too that's like rock and roll means counterculture and now what's counterculture and what is important and what are the youth care about and kind of what is relevant to people these days and what you know is pissing off the parents and, and then all if that it's counterculture stuff. how is it not just automatically is accepting to mm-hmm. urban rap music that's, which is yes completely yeah, exactly. counterculture that's counterculture or punk now. rock um the punk rock elements within uh tyler the creator mm-hmm. and all that that mm-hmm. is counterculture so yeah. if you want to say that that's what it's about you know it's still a cultural submission mm-hmm. and so it's just like what are we you know, what are we doing? Yeah, and then the question becomes, how can you accurately and appropriately honor counterculture if you're a business? Yeah, and if, are you uh-huh. then counterculture? Yeah. Or are you then exploiting the ideas of counterculture yeah, for to profit. make money? Yeah. yeah, which is exactly what it is, which, you know, that's not what the show is about for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but, but it's good to talk the, about and explore. All those things are, and I think technically the rock hall might be a the foundation might be a non-profit but it is a also a huge museum that has admission mm-hmm. and it it if you want to sit at a table at the induction ceremony on the on the floor it's ten thousand dollars a seat so they got money so yeah. how do you reconcile being this r- rich person society business profit oriented foundation Entity. while also wanting to reflect uh true art but did they say that that was their company's mission statement you will sometimes at the induction ceremonies reflecting true art do did, did they say that you will you <laughs> hear you hear words and terminology like that uh-huh. at the induction ceremonies when artists are being honored oh okay so that is often the feeling in the room mm-hmm. but is that at odds with the, the mechanism that's holding the whole thing up. Well, I mean, it's like what we've said. I mean, I've said this many times on the show before, too, which is like the least rock and roll thing you could ever do is be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, you know, or want to be in the Rock mm-hmm. Hall. You know, it's like that's not very rock and roll to care what this stupid institution thinks about you. You know, that's right. like that's Th- not very rock and roll at there all. There are so many things that, uh, that are conflicting each other with yeah. this thing because at the same rate, nearly everyone yeah. who gets inducted exactly. it means you can tell it means so much to them right, on right, a personal right. level and it's moving and then you're like oh is this thing that i know on some level is evil is it a good we are honoring this person's lifetime achievement like True. how beautiful is that so there are there are so many that's why it's a uh, perfect thing to argue about a perfect thing to have discussions right, right. about so uh, multifaceted yeah well, it's, and it's, it's like, so many things at once and mm-hmm. also because it matters but it absolutely does not 
Right. And that's what's really nice about it. You can forget about it and then the next day be so mad about it. And then the next day forget about it again. And yeah. then the next day be like, oh, I'm watching a video of Prince playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps at an induction ceremony and going, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. And it's from an induction ceremony. Yeah. So it's the Rock Hall. What is it? Who knows? <laughs> and who, who, who cares? cares? Uh, let's say <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's say Rufus featuring Shaka Khan does get in. Let's let's think positively. Let's say they get inducted. Yes. Uh, let's talk about who inducts them. Who gives the speech? Ooh. I think there are two huge candidates. It would be Mary J. Blige, and it would be Stevie Wonder. Oh, and that's going from both ends. Mary J. Blige, obviously influenced by. And she inducted someone, didn't she? She inducted Nina Simone. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously inspired by not just uh, Shock as a vocalist, but the group. She did Sweet Thing was a song by Rufus, the band. So that would make a lot of sense. But then going the other way, kind of, in a sense, their godfather, the person who gave them Tell Me Something Good, the person who played harmonica on I Feel For You, Stevie Wonder. But who might not be up to giving a speech. Well, he's, he played, he's shown up. Yeah. He inducted Bill Withers. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, um, how's his health? Like, oh, these he, days? Yeah. Well, didn't you to, just to see to him at concert? I did see him in concert at Red Rocks oh, in Denver yay. recently. Last and, year, right? So, and, oh, and like he a was, few months ago. Oh, yeah, and he was, like, fully... He had a sore throat, but that was it. Oh, nice, Otherwise, nice. He, it was pretty great. And he was... Yeah, well, I he hope seemed, it's Stevie. My vote is for Stevie to uh, induct them. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really great. And I that think those really those great. to me are the two leading candidates. But like we've talked about, there are so many vocalists who were inspired by Shaka who could do it and could well, do and a good job. I feel like, like Stevie the Bill Withers. knows the the dues that were paid to even get there, though. To be able to say, "Yeah, they finally gave you, they finally gave you your due," yeah. I think would be the speech that I would be more interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about the band members that they include, they've already said, obviously Shaka. And then Tony Maiden, who we've talked about, who's the guitar player, who's very close with Shaka. It's a guy named Al Siner, who was uh, one of the American Breed guys, who was the guitar member before Tony Maiden. Kevin Murphy, who played keyboards the whole time, every incarnation of the group. A guy named Ron Stockert, and then Nate Morgan were also keyboard players. But the person who replaced Nate Morgan, Hawk Walensky, the dude who wrote uh-huh. Ain't Nobody, and Do You Love What You Feel, has not been included, and I think That's he should be. crazy. And then also... But they could amend that. They could. They absolutely could. Andre Fisher, the drummer, uh, and then bass players, Bobby Watson and Dennis Belfield, lots of members of Rufus throughout the years. And pretty much everybody is still alive and around. Except, except the keyboard for, guy. Except for Nate Morgan, right? The keyboard guy. Yes. And then what songs do they play? Let's say Rufus reunites for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction right. ceremony. They play three or four songs. I think obviously they have they to play, play Tell, Tell Me, Me Something, Something Good. Good. And I think they would also play Ain't Nobody. Obviously. And oh, the, yeah. And then what other, I think, once you get started, could maybe be a good track for them. I think also maybe Do You Love What You Feel? I don't know. Those, if, if we're thinking of like what would be a good set that pulls from that different albums. That song is so funky. Yeah. That song's <laughs> funky as hell. Yeah. I'll say it again. Funky. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> she likes saying that it I makes do. her feel kinky. It does. I'm like, gosh. I, meanwhile, I've got my hands tied behind my back eating a hoagie off a table. Maybe do Sweet funky. Thing as a duet, duet with Mary, with J. Mary Blige. J. Blige. What would I do to You'd see explode. that? You'd explode. I would really <laughs> oh, enjoy MG. that. If, if she came out... <laughs> 
Mary would be fly too. Her yes. boot game is on truly, point. Truly. And shout out to Mary. I think she just turned uh, 50 and she looks great. She truly does. Yeah. She oh. would definitely look she looked, beautiful standing next to Shaka Khan singing that song. She looked unreal at the Nina Simone induction. That's she what was, I mean. Yeah, she always yeah. slays. Let's say Rufus featuring Shaka Khan is getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they're going to reunite and they're going to play. Would you go to the induction ceremony, Jametta? If it's $10,000 for a seat, no. No, no, no. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm not going, Those are Joe. the seats on the floor. Yeah, those are floor seats. Oh, we okay. got $40 seats or $60 seats. Yeah. Okay. For the okay. last one. You could come sit with us with the regular yeah, people. Yeah, with the regular do, people. You guys do uh, field trips? Yeah. Yeah, we, we went last do. year. It was in New York, but this next year it'll be in Cleveland. But oh, who, what time of year? May. May. So it'll oh, be it's nice. It'll actually be, be nice. That's yeah. nice. Not too okay. bad. <laughs> well, Jametta, thank you so much yeah, for truly. joining us and being a part of this. Uh, Thanks this for was... having me. That was This was cool. I didn't know what to expect in coming. Uh-huh. And it was nice. I'm happy we were all able to be ourselves oh, and yes. like explore your interests. Because uh-huh. this is weird, definitely your interest, Joe. Interest, and you guys yes. are very nice to come However, along However, it was fun because I learned some things. And, you know, I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. me. And I would love to give you the opportunity to plug your music or your social media whatever you want to get out there and for people to go see oh yeah come uh, follow my follow my instagram i'll be posting information i started a soul and jazz choir and um i write original music for it and our next show is going to be on november 29th um in lamart park it's our first show in Lamert, but we've we've only done about six shows now, but we turned out the Broad. It was a sold out show oh my at gosh. the Broad Museum. Incredible. And so uh, I'm doing I'm trying to make more culture. And so if you'd like to be abreast of what I'm doing, follow me at Jametta Rose and the choir is at the voices of creation. That's I great. I just followed you both. I'm Yay. I'm, I'm gonna follow you back. This <laughs> Perfect. is Good for me. Uh, we'll, we'll check I've also that out. listened to some of Jametta's music on Spotify as well. And oh, you were trying you know, to get rid of I was. I was trying to get rid of It's the only thing I did. I didn't listen to anything else. I don't do research on anything no, else. No, but I was but like, Kristen, you better listen said, to this woman. He said, you better listen to this woman. You're and I like said, her. okay. And you were absolutely I right. Was like, gonna oh my gosh, did I, I get like, a funky God. head now? Yes, I, I, was, okay. yeah, I was really, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And you can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, rockhallpod at gmail.com if you want Kristen to see it you're gonna have to say that somewhere in the message subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. rate and review us five stars only if you're leaving a review because of this episode why don't you say rufusized (laughs) Uh, so we know that you listened to this episode what if they don't know how to spell rufusized i want them to express (laughs) themselves however they see fit Be uh, thank you to everybody who watched my Comedy Central special. Uh, you can access it now on demand on your cable package, or you can go to my website, joequazala.com, and that will have all the links to if you want to see it on Comedy Central's website, or you can get it on Amazon, YouTube, whatever. Thank you, everyone, for the kind cool. words about that as well. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Future Rock Legends for all the information that we utilize for this podcast. Thank you to Joe Devine for the equipment. Thank you to Chad Briggs and Dave Schilling for letting us record in a home that I share with them. And thank you to Pantheon Podcasts for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Stuttered. And who cares? about the Rock Hall.
Hey diggers, this is an announcement. Episode 18 is on the way. We are in the final polish. All the bodywork, sanding, and the paint has been put on this rocket ship, so we just need that final coat to finish. Coming out of the last few episodes of the Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast that concentrated on specific geographies like London, LA, San Francisco, and New York, we are now in the home stretch of our time in the 1960s. And so with this one, it's not about a place on a map, but a year in the life. It's called episode 18, 1969, and it's a year so big in rock and roll, it'll take two episodes to tell the full tale. Part one will cover mostly the first half of the year. We'll spend most of our time in the UK checking in with the Beatles as they are beginning to fray internally while friends and competitors, the Rolling Stones, are about to become the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Of course, the Fab Four are still able to be the Beatles, so therefore they are not going down without a fight. And the Glimmer Twins must make a sacrifice to achieve the greatness of that 68-73 to 73 run of Peak Stones. Then we go beyond England and America and venture into outer space where we dissect the moonshot and how it affected society and the arts. So, like the sci-fi that surrounds the very real human endeavor, we will peek into the future ourselves with some rock and rollers that will really take us into the next decade. So hold tight. It won't be long now. It's coming, and we think you will all be pleased. Episode 18, 1969, Part 1. Tell a friend. As a new Western Union customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee on your first international online money transfer. Send money to your loved ones back home the fast, easy, and reliable way. Visit westernunion.com or download their app today to get started. And your first transfer fee is free. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983, or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. (laughs) 